Welcome to another episode this week in Metropolis. I'm Matt. And I'm Shattered. This week, we're joined by Pietro Schito, who is a screenwriter for animation and the founder of Write for Animation YouTube channel. He's on to tell us about what makes a good screenplay and also tells us a little bit about what his favourite films are. But before we let you watch and listen to that, just a reminder, we appreciate every one of you listens to the show, who watch the show and interact with us online. So please do, if you haven't already, give us a follow, give us a like and uh, drop us a message because we do read them all. So yeah, enjoy the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to welcome you to This Week in Metropolis. Okay, welcome to another episode of This Week in Metropolis. We are delighted to be joined this week all the way from Mexico. Um, we are joined today by animation screenwriter and founder of Write for Animation, the YouTube channel, Pietro Skito. How are you, Pietro? I'm really well, really good. How are you today? Very good, thank you. Did I pronounce your your surname correctly? That was you did. Was I was waiting out. because I'm used to to and every every kind of uh, pronunciation, but you you nailed it. Skeeter, <laughs> Fantastic. That, that. Well, I, I have Matt to thank for that. So um, so thank you. Um, did thank you Matt. <laughs> we did. We did. Um, Pietro, before we start getting chatting, can you tell our listeners and our viewers a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, my, my name is Pietro. I'm Italian and um, I'm a screenwriter. I'm, I write movies and I focus on animation. And it's not the only uh, kind of movie, movies I write, but I specialize in that because it's a, it comes from a, a deep passion for the craft that I have. I love animation. And, uh, and so I decided to focus on that and also help others through the YouTube channel and um, other activities they do to bring more people into screenwriting and also help, help uh, artists that are already maybe in the animation industry that wants to, they want to learn a little more uh, about how to tell a great story and, and tell their own stories and, and develop their own projects. And I moved to Mexico about 13 years ago from Italy to join a, um, a film project. And then I decided to, to stay after studying in, in Los Angeles. Uh, I came back here and, um, and now working from here for different studios and uh, the, the local uh, animation community is really vibrant here in Mexico. And so I'm glad that I'm, I'm close to the US uh, and, I, and nowadays we can work from anywhere. So, so uh, it's a good, uh, I think what was the best decision I took in my, my life was moving here and, uh, and, and finding this community here and that is uh, really creating great stuff. Fantastic. Where, where did um, your path to being a screenwriter start? Was it the, with the stories or, or was it your, your love of film as, as such? So I always, I've always been like creative and uh, I remember that it all started the day that uh, they, they gifted my little brother with a camera uh, and, uh, in 1992. And, uh, and and they took that camera and started using it to to do silly movies and and uh, with my brothers and uh, experimenting with uh, 
telling stories and and um, it was non-stop it was, I would spend the entire day especially when we were on vacation like filming stuff like we would take our Ninja Turtles uh, action figures and then uh, make them move with stop motion with we didn't have any idea about that stop motion was even a thing but if we hit record and, and quickly hit pause again and move a little bit we figured out that, that it would like uh, move and uh, so we had this all these uh, uh, silly films and and uh, and as, as i grew up uh, as a teenager started trying to uh, do the same but with more friends and uh, and uh, going to an abandoned house and try to film our horror movie and uh, really really uh, fun because uh, you would play any character and uh, you would um, like invent and improvise on the go but and um, so I kept like that as a, a passion for film I, I thank my parents because like I was able to watch like all the classics uh, uh, like all this sci-fi from the 80s and 90s and, and uh, I really think that shaped my uh, appreciation for, for cinema. And also at some point when I, I was already at a university in, in Milan, they brought in um, a screenwriter from Disney and uh, he was part of, uh, of, of a course where we went through like how to tell a story for film. And for me, that was like, um, almost having a curtain removed and, and being able to see something that I had no idea existed. I, I've always worked uh, in, on creating stories and uh, you get to a certain level of um, like all of them that were really just for fun, but I had no idea about all these narrative elements that you can integrate and learn from, from Aristotle uh, to more modern um, uh, writers, the hero journey, the hero's journey, uh, we didn't have YouTube, YouTube, now you can type how to uh, create a short film and then you, you get all that information. So uh, I had a book about it, but really this writer from Disney uh, opened up an uh, um, entire scenario for me that was not, uh, was not present at the time. And so I immediately started to read, to read and, and learn and, and research and got into a, pro a program that was um, about selecting people for the Disney Academy for screenwriting. And, uh, and the, the animation part started with uh, one day I was uh, traveling on a train and I saw two animators, they were drawing and, and uh, I was really attracted to like to seeing, uh, they were from Disney as well. And uh, they were, I remember it was a, like a pencil drawing of the Little Mermaid and one about Tarzan. And it was like seeing them doing that and asking them uh, about it. And, and it was that that's my job that I do that for a living. And for me, that was uh, really great. So I wanted to be a, 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 an artist before, but then I, I realized that I wasn't as good as I thought. And, and uh, but I really found my passion into screenwriting. So, so if you, sorry, Matt, I was just going to say, no, so can. if you was to describe to me what screenwriting is, because you, you just said that then, and, and there's an artist there who's, who's drawing pictures that are, are potentially going to be implemented into the film or the animation or, or what, whatever. The screenwriting part, how would you describe what that is to someone who's a bit clueless? Yeah, that's a great, uh, great, great question because many times we just give that as a fact, as something that uh, everybody knows. And I didn't know it before we, we, 
we tend to think, and especially in, in the early days of, of cinema, that the writer is, is the one that adds the dialogue for the actors. And uh, it's important to understand that there is nothing, absolutely nothing, before a script. There might be an idea, there might be like a, an IP that somebody uh, is already taking to develop something new, but you you have to create everything. And the dialogue is actually like the, like probably 10% of, of, or even less uh, of the job. It, you need to create the world, you need to create the situation, you need to create the characters, you need to make them believable, you need to make them endearing and, and, uh, and have the audience connect with them and then create the entire structure of the story. So we spend a lot of time uh, developing the plot and, and the character's journey and uh, to figure out exactly what's going on. And every single word, every single detail comes from, from the script. Then uh, it, it's a blueprint that get, get, it gets uh, passed on to the, the rest of the crew. So it's, it's such an important uh, job because every, every single person working on a movie animated or not is taking the script as the reference so the the characters the movie is the script and then i mean the the, the blueprint for the movie is the script and then it gets uh, every department adds uh, the their own uh, craft their own art and make it even better and uh, or destroy it but <laughs> 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 usually they make it better and then uh, you know you can you can take um uh a good script and maybe ruin it but if the script is bad then there's no way the, the movie is going to be good so it's a yeah. it's it's an important responsibility for the entire production and that's why um, i love where when a studio uh, is puts like the the effort that is needed because it doesn't work on the script it's not going to work in the movie so it, you basically sit down and work with the uh, uh index cards on, on a board where you start like uh, trying to, to figure out like how, how the plot is gonna work, the character's journey, and then there's a lot of work. And then at some point you sit down to actually type the the words, the description, and it's very visual. You cannot type anything that is not something we see or hear on the screen. That's a big difference from writing a novel where you can get into yeah. the character's mind and heart and. In a script, you you only write what's on the screen. If it's not there, it's something internal. Well, that's going to be a challenging for the for the filmmaker for the director to show it. And uh, you can say, for example, on oh, the character remembers his um, childhood and and the taste of the cookies uh, that her mom used to bake. Well, unless we go into a flashback, that that's many times not a good option. Uh, you cannot you cannot you don't get any of that and, mm. and so it's really really visual and the animation is even more because it's a strict collaboration with the storyboard artists uh, and, mm. and it becomes a, a, an amazing process when you um you mentioned sort of you know, the curtain being pulled back when you sort of started learning the craft did that change the way that you watched films and 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 things thereafter and, and was that in a was that in a good sense uh, as such totally yeah i, I think that um, you can't help but seeing filming in a different way and especially at the beginning when when you start it's very interesting because at the beginning you have 
I didn't have um, an idea. You just see the result and it feels so natural. And then you realize all the effort and, and uh, that it goes into making something feel natural. And so you, uh, you, you go to the movies and you, you start analyzing everything. And it, it ruins for, for a little bit of time. It ruins you the, the, the usual movie experience when, because you're like, okay, I know what they're doing here. Yeah. This is the second turning point. This is the low point. All oh, the characters' cost is there. And you start like, uh, it's a great experience because it allows you to see it in action in a finished movie. And I think that as you, as you grow, you get to a point where um, you appreciate the ability to see all the details. I guess it's, it's a, uh, I think musicians are the same way or composers when you start learning how to write a song. Some songs, they, they sound very natural, but of course there's also there a structure. There is like a, a different ways to, to do it. And I assume it's, it's a similar experience, but I think that you, then you get to a point where you can appreciate what you know, but also experience the movie. I also try to keep, reframe myself to, to be overly analytic when I go to the movies. And um, lately we were discussing a movie and I loved it and uh, somebody else didn't. And um, I was telling him, I, I was watching the movie as, a, as the audience. It wasn't like trying to see, oh, but the, the backstory of the antagonist is not really deep and, and, uh, and this and that. It's easy to fall into like a filter that makes us uh, judge the, mu the movie instead of uh, just yeah. experiencing it. And, uh, but it, it, it's great. You, you mentioned earlier about traveling from Italy over to Mexico and you was near, did you say LA? Yes, I got to first to Mexico and then I received a scholarship to study at the New York Film Academy of Los Angeles. Yeah. And, um, and so I moved uh, there for, for a while and I think it was a, an amazing experience because uh, to be able to stay and study being in the middle of, of uh, the industry and mm. to get to know how things uh, actually work. Because you see a lot of difference. And um, for example, in Italy and even in, to some degree in Mexico, where film school, there are some sometimes, uh, and I'm not trying to generalize, but sometimes there's a disconnection uh, from the school and teachers uh, and the industry. And uh, what I loved about the New York Film Academy is that they have as a requirement that any, any teacher needs to be an act actively working in the industry. So it's not only that you are there in LA, but you, you also receive classes from teachers that they're actually working in the industry. So, um, because you get, it's easy to get exposed to, to many myths and, and things that are yeah. not really connected to the, the real thing. And also we had specific classes and, and internships and, and ways to really be there and, and, and see how things work, how project get, projects get selected and, uh, and really also see the competitiveness, uh, how do you say, Com competitiveness yeah. of, of, the, of, the, of the industry and how projects get, get, uh, they get made. Did it um, did sort of being in LA meet your expectations uh, as such as or did, did I guess the question really is did the industry in in that area meet your expectations that you had? Well, I, I was there as an act. I was like a kid in a candy store. I yeah. was like really 
Well, this is like, it was the first time for me to traveling from, from Italy, well, then Mexico, and then uh, to yeah. the US for the first time. And you see what you used to see in the movies, like, mm. and I was like, wow, this is really, really cool. And and, in, and, and on a professional level, you, you learn two things that are counterintuitive somehow. Like on one end, you have all, everybody is in the film industry. The, the guy at Starbucks, uh, he is probably an actor or a writer and, yeah. and everybody's trying to get like if you're, if you're there usually like many many people are uh, trying to get in, in into the industry and you can easily get discouraged by that because uh, you see like everybody has a script and and uh, and then um, I remember it was a bank that was, they had a billboard it was very clever copywriting they would say we have more ATMs than unsold uh, scripts <laughs> in LA they were moving I think from the east coast and, and they were I, th I thought it was a clever way to uh, to advertise but at the same at the same time it, it was like uh, telling a truth but then uh, when when you get to know people that uh, and that was a, that happened after school uh, you realize that every studio every major actor every producer they're thirsty for a good story there might be thousands and thousands of script but if your script is good then they're gonna fight over it to get it and that is like it, you have these two sides of of uh, yes there's a lot of competition but good stories um, are rare and if you have one uh, then you'll you'll find your way and uh, and so that, that was um, something that I, I, was, I always keep in mind. And also you learn about all like the letter of uh, you need an agent and then you need a manager and then you need blah, blah, blah. And, and, and uh, sometimes it seems like a, such a, a long and difficult way. And then you learn that sometimes projects get gets made, they get made uh, uh, because somebody introduces you to an actor or a producer and then you get you it, it's more about friendship and and creating a relationship than it is like the, this um, um, like system of uh, um, of trying to get into the studios and, yeah. and whatnot it, was there anyone who you um, when you were studying um, that you um, had a, had a close bond with or whatever that went on to has has gone on to do quite high profile things since from film school yeah yeah uh, I a friend a, a girl that she she was also from uh, she's also from Mexico she went on she stayed more uh, there and then she went on to adapting several uh, TV series from from the U S version she made the the Mexican version and I know she's uh, still active as a writer and mm -hmm. uh, but that's a good question because of of uh, of them about i think i think it was 15 people in the class i would say only maybe five at most were still working okay. in the industry so right. and, and these are people that paid for like uh, uh to really invest uh, time mm -hmm. and money into uh, learning this it's it's really hard i mean it's it's not something that um it's it's a hard job and and you need to keep up and and uh and um, you soon realize that there are so many other things that you could do that to make a living mm -hmm. that it's tempting to just like give up and do that 
you, and, you uh, mentioned as well about the the disconnect between um, sometimes and like you said not not um in a too much of a negative way but in comparison to in the states in italy and even to some extent mexico there's a bit of a disconnect with the understanding of it all and what it can offer you is that one of the reasons why you've gone into trying to inspire others and help others with with your youtube channel and things like that yes yes that that is one of the main reasons because i think that is uh, i see a lot of youtube channels that are great and they they they're very thoughtful about like a, a film or an analyzing and uh, I, i've learned a lot from many of them i follow them and i i watch their videos what i wanted to do is something a little different something that when you watch a video you can take home a lesson and something that you can apply to your story and also to um, show the importance of creating a habit to write every day and uh, to understand that the people that are making the movies we love are not as different they're not the any story at the beginning struggles and most of the stories we love they're very bad at the beginning very very bad they're terrible <laughs> they just they they don't give up mm. when you start understanding that that's normal and you it's really it's interesting because you can we can rationalize it but it, we're still human beings and, and when you sit down in front of a blank screen and you know what you're gonna write is gonna be horrible very bad and and to learn to do it anyway every day and and trying to to be humble and, and not listen to that voice that tells you so many things to not you can do anything else uh, instead of writing and uh, and to sit down and write and and then rewrite and rewrite and rewrite and that that it, it starts becoming less terrible less terrible and then kind of good and then good and then you share it and then and then uh, at some point you start seeing what the so the story is about and that's something i want to uh, to share as well and and to create material to to help people uh, really getting into the habit of of writing every day are there any projects that you've seen i mean that i guess this can be as from from disney to to even the kind of um more independent stuff are there any projects that you wish you could have been a part of i'm sure there's multiple many, many. but <laughs> is there is there some that really stand out to you um yeah so many i mean i i the studio that i admire most is pixar i think that what they did from from the very beginning this the foundation of the studio was based on based on story first and every studio says story is king and you see posters at the studio and, but what i see from them is a love and how i see how they nurtured the story from the early stage and and they they it became a model for other studios as well so uh it, it it is um to be part of a of a film um there it, it's it would be something really really great because i i have a uh, the utmost respect for for what they do and how they they're like everybody um tried to to change and, and at a time where disney was like um in uh they had some rough patch uh, mm -hmm. uh like some moments there were um, 
that we we saw saw a decline in 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 the in the story and then the studio comes uh, with uh, this idea we're gonna make a uh, film that that lasts forever they are classical and and uh, and so that's something that I, I i really admire i think with pixar they have have a wonderful understanding of um sort of human emotion and it, it doesn't matter sort of what character you're looking at or what the premise in the story is it's still so relatable on 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 many different levels isn't it i think that's a real real gift they, they know how to make you cry um as, as well <laughs> very 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 well i think i also think as well and i don't know if you two agree but i also feel like when we were younger we were probably spoiled with the quality of the film i mean when i think back to my childhood pretty much disney hit them out of the park every single time from going back as far as kind of alice in wonderland all the way you know up to toy story and more recent ones from when i was kind of getting just that bit older but still incredible films going into pixar so now do we kind of look at them films now and because the bar has been set so high it's very easy i mean I can't remember if it was Pixar, Matt, but that trailer you sent me the other day, um, Turning the, Red. The Red Panda one. No, I yeah, think turn, that is it. Yeah. I, and I can't think what it's called. I think it's red. called Turning Red. And Turning, Turning Red, red. Yeah. Yeah. Turning red. yeah. And I remember looking at it going, what is it doing for me? I mean, it was a very short trailer, but it didn't kind of make me get excited about it, whereas other films, again, I don't know if that's a, a Disney film or not, but it's... It's kind of like the bar has always been set, although now with Disney Plus, you know, I mean, we've recently had Luca is one of the ones, The Last Dragon, which I thought was incredible. You know, there's been some really good, you know, top-notch films again. Yeah, it's a great one. And there are also some many independent uh, films that are some such like uh, gems that are hidden and, uh, and so on, uh, like, being able to do that as well can be like very fulfilling. And sometimes like when in a big studio, you there's so, there are other layers that you need to take into account. And, and uh, it's definitely, uh, but animation in general is very collaborative. So in any studio, big or small, there's always like this sense of uh, working together and find the, the story. And uh, what I love about the an animation as a, as a writer is that uh, compared to live action where you you write the movie you turn it in and then that's it basically i mean sometimes you're on set like to do some rewrites or last minute changes that there are uh, because of um, some logistic uh, things that are might happen or, or things that are not quite working and uh, but in animation what you do you write a version and then you you send the script to the story department and they draw the um they draw storyboards that are pieced together in a way that you can play uh, a reel and they put temporary dialogue somebody from the studio they, they sit down and, and and do the voices or and then and then uh, sometimes you add some music not too much uh, and uh, and then you play the, the the entire sequence or the entire film and so and that is as a writer it's, it's such a wonderful experience to, to before uh, the production gets uh, starts and in pre-production to be able to see how it's going because you have ideas you, you read it on the page and it can it works 
on the page works. But then when you see it, like in, in the story reel, they're also called animatic, you understand if it's working or not. You understand if yeah. a joke that you thought it was funny is gonna be funny for real. If people don't laugh, there's no, <laughs> there's, there's no way it's gonna work, even with lighting and, and music and everything. And, uh, and so, and then you watch these things, it's usually terrible at the beginning, and then you get feedback from uh, others, and then you, you go back to um, to writing again, and, and, and you're writing. And this process goes into a circle uh, many times before. At some point, you sit down and you watch this reel, and it works. And it, it's emotional, it's funny, it has pace, and 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 uh, and. Um, and and that's that's why why animation is so special because it's uh, it's something that some live action pr productions they do it. I know I know that uh, some directors, uh, especially when they come from uh, animation uh, or for other reasons, they, they do that. I know the Mandalorian TV series they, they do that, and Dave Filoni comes from animation. Also, the technology mm. like kinds of like pushes them to to do a previous legit pre-visualization of the entire episode and uh, a, a, a director friend says that there shouldn't be bad animated movies because you see the animatic before you see this reel and if it's not working it shouldn't go into production get past that stage, yeah. well that, that's what i was going to say is that when you, you know, she was saying it often starts off quite bad how do you know with, with the multiple revisions how do you know what's worth sticking with and making better and how do you know well actually we should just quit with this idea because it, it's really not working out what what's the point you have to get to with that yeah i think that there, it starts with an openness to change everything and anything in sure. the story even big big things big elements kind of like yeah. okay the antagonist becomes the protagonist things like sure. that this the movie set in in uh modern california let's set it in ancient rome and uh, or or like things that, that drastically changed the the uh, initial idea and also it's an attitude of discovery uh, to kind of let the process reveal what's working and, and there are some moments that you you're writing and you say yes that, that that's it you you feel it you, you feel that there's something there sometimes you follow that thread and, and you say oh no that, that no yeah. i had that feeling but it's not going anywhere and also to step back and, and think about the emotional journey we were speaking about how like when a movie makes you cry it's not because of the strings and the music and there's a and then a lot of a lot of work into creating the character's journey so that you have a, such a strong connection with him or her, so that when you get to that point, you cry with 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 them, and uh, and so if you focus on the character, then the story kind of reveals itself. And sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes you get stuck and and for months, and 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 you're it's very uh, frustrating because um, and then. There's no direct answer to, there's no test to, to see if something works. It's easy yeah. for a joke to say, oh, are people, are they laughing? Okay, then it works. But even that, like you need to, even if a joke is very funny, doesn't need it, it doesn't mean it needs to be in the movie. And right. if this can distract, be distracting or um, 
everything, even jokes, uh, usually point toward the character growth and, and the character's journey. Yeah. And I guess you could say, it's funny, but could it be funnier? Yeah, also. Yeah, that's where we're uh, story artists. I love them because they, I mean, it's, it, first of all, it's, it's such a humble job because they, they draw and, and animate things that 90% are thrown away. And, I mean, you, you, and also they, they bring in this uh, physical comedy and visual uh, elements that sometimes on the page they're not as, uh, as evident. And many, many, funny scenes that we see in the, these movies we love, they come from the, the story department of storyboard artists adding their their own uh, ideas and and, um, and it's really great. Well, that actually leads us into um, our next segment, which is... Hi gentlemen, thank you for having me on again this week. My question for your guest is, what elevates a screenplay from uh, you know an average, a good one, to one that is uh, extraordinary or great. What what are the kind of characteristics that you know that, that turn a mediocre screenplay into a fantastic one? Thank you very much. Yeah, that's a, a good question because the answer is definitely not easy. The the what what makes a script great is i think when you leave the theater or, or the the watching experience with a sense of um, that you've learned you you've experienced not only learn on, in a because it's not a lecture but it, you come out from the experience with a sense of fulfillment and and something that is a almost a trans- transcendent experience where, where your emotions and your there is a closure and there is like a satisfaction and maybe maybe something is doesn't need, need to be a closed ending where everything is clear, but you leave thinking about the movie. And, and maybe you're, you get into the car with, with your friend, nobody's talking because everybody is, is thinking. And that's, that is like the, like the question is, what do you give the audience to bring home? And, mm. and that's, I, I don't remember who uh, expressed that the first time I've heard it from Pete Doctor. But uh, I think he was uh, quoting somebody else. And sorry, uh, I, I, I don't know who said it. But it's it's this is the question you have to ask yourself: what what is something that is more than than the story that the people can bring home and and, and stay with it, and think about the that story and, and that, those characters. And that there's also something we, we can do as an experiment that, that maybe shows that in a more practical way and like if you allow me to do this, um like it's a quick exercise with with your audience mm. and um and uh remind me to to close this exercise at the end because we need to leave a little bit of space and and i would i'd like to invite uh, invite everybody that's list that's listening to list um the movies they watch over and over that if, if it's on TV and somebody else is watching it, you sit down and keep watching, even if you've watched that movie many times. And also, especially for the filmmakers, they switch off the filmmaker judgmental mind that says you cannot put on the list uh, the Smurfs or Spider-Man 3 or whatever. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> Spider-Man 3. Spider- <laughs> <laughs> 
maybe they're both great movies but uh, like <laughs> if, if the movie is very commercial or it's a chick flick or it's a stupid comedy that yeah that it's it's it's, it's uh, it doesn't matter because if you look if you like it and uh, to put it on on this list let's let's pick five and and uh in the, the movies that you watch that moves you that maybe you know you're gonna cry each time and maybe you know other people that they don't cry with the movie but you do and uh remind me to get back to the exercise that, uh, uh, later and and we'll give like uh the reason why i asked you this okay mm, that's fantastic i, I, I want to ask you actually sorry matt just a really quick one on the spot relating to matt, mark's question what's what's a film that you've recently seen that made you come away with that experience that you mentioned is there is there one that you've recently and that's asking you on the spot here yeah that's fine well the movie as was i was telling you before i was speaking with other uh, filmmakers and they didn't like it uh, as much as i did was luca luca mm. for me uh, i'm italian first of all and <laughs> and uh, we won't talk about the, the football said again we won't talk about the football yeah uh, yeah <laughs> Well done, though. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Let's not let's skip that part. <laughs> I'm not. I, I jokingly say that I'm I'm one of the three Italians that don't watch football. <laughs> I know you said that to me before. I, I, I told you before, but, but uh, I did watch the 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 final match. Anyway, the, the movie it, it kind of like I was. Um, I'm glad that I was able to experience it as, as the audience and, and not like trying to think and, and correct things and, and, and trying to be analytical. And um, I was mesmerized by, by the quality of the animation and, and the, the craft. And uh, and then, so it, it, part of me was just admiring like the, the, these characters and I was able to, to connect with them from the beginning. And maybe a lot of personal things uh, uh, went into that not only uh, but I really connected with the movie because uh, I think um, I know the director also left Italy around, uh, when he was in his 20s and we're mm. actually uh, getting his now on, on vacation but we're trying to get him on on the YouTube channel to to do a full uh, screenwriting specific talk about uh, Luca and I look forward to that hopefully will make it happen and uh, and uh, when I moved, I also had a friend like uh, that was like uh, my Alberto, let's say, mm-hmm. and uh, and we were supposed to come um, uh, to both of us come, going to Mexico and, and, and start this adventure. At the end, he didn't come, and I, I went. So uh, so many things that and, and I spent all my summers uh, in at the sea and at, at like biking and everything. Like it There's felt a very very personal. A personal connection, yeah. And so when I when I thought when I heard about all the reasons why some people didn't like some specific um, things, I, I I just I said I, I don't care. I, I I just my mind was my emotions were uh, transported somewhere else, and I was able to really really connect. And and uh, it was uh, uh, um, it's when and I rewatched it many times, and and uh, I still get that. Um, those feelings. So uh, those are unique experiences, and and I and um, uh, it's interesting um, to see how to somebody a movie um, 
bring so many emotions and somebody else's is, uh, is different. We are all different. Well, what I was going to ask you about is um, Star Wars. So and I can see you have sort of various Star Wars things behind you. And I, I think I'd like your to an art kind of, there. A, a fan opinion, but also sort of, you know, almost your professional opinion. And I love Star Wars, absolutely love Star Wars. And, and certainly me and James has spoken on previous shows about The Mandalorian and how you know, fantastic that was to the, to the franchise. But with the actual movies, sort of, you know, the people tend to love the, the original trilogy depending, you know, whether you grew up with the, the prequels, the, you know, there are mixed emotions about those. Yes. And then the newer films, even more so, that, you know, some people loved them, some people didn't like them. Um, what, what are your thoughts uh, on, on them? And that, that was quite a, a, an open question, but right. do, do you think the criticism is deserved on some of the, the Star Wars? And, and do you think the originals are as good as, you know, people hold them up to be i do think that the criticism is uh, is um it's based on 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 facts and and, and on things that uh, didn't work on on especially the new the new ones but i also i mean as a fact uh the more you milk the franchise the more movies the, the riskier it will be it's such a like yeah and and everybody has a, a deep connection so i know some friends that uh, younger that didn't grow up with star wars and and uh, it's it, it's normal not be we watched those movies when we were kids and, and dreaming and and uh, yeah. we saw universal and and they're attached to our childhood or emotions and and uh, that's why i think that most people watch the original trilogy when they were kids and then the prequels came out for other another generation and, and then uh, we it's hard to judge the uh, the new execution when uh, or somebody was saying uh, uh, harshly saying oh, you're forgetting these are kids movies <laughs> and which is like <laughs> what <laughs> how dare you <laughs> And uh, anyway, I love I love Star Wars. I love what they're doing with the Mandalorian. And mm -hmm. I think what what got in the way was to trying to like what I love about the Mandalorian, focusing on the positive, is that they don't pretend they don't they keep it simple. It's, yeah. it's genre. Uh, each episode they explore different genres, but they're not pretentious. They're not trying to send messages. They're not trying to. Um, orchestrate something that is is uh, needs to check uh, marks and and and, uh, and also I think that the uh, I love the Force Awakens I think uh, it was very risky what uh, J the writers and also JJ Abrams tried to do because it was um, almost a remake of the of the mm. first one but I, I I when I for me I, I I bought into that and I I think they pulled it off. Uh, really well uh, and then uh, you can you can tell that uh, from interviews with Mark Hamill and, and also the transition between Ryan Johnson which who I think he, he's a great director but I think that the transition something something got lost into like a vision of a trilogy that that was yeah. and then 
Jay Jameson Abrams came back and tried to uh, restore some things that he didn't like in the studio, and and it's it's really complicated. I think that yeah. uh, everybody has a, a different opinion, and uh, mm. I I was able to enjoy the experience and, and also try mm. not to be again not to uh, judgmental on on the. Yeah. Yeah, on the execution of that. But I do love the, the Mandalorian, I think is really great. Like the simplicity, the this relationship with the with the child and uh, I think it's like simple and uh, in, within the universe and uh, in the it reminded me of the trilogy of, of Indiana Jones mm. or James Bond and uh, like it's a little bit of uh, um, of, of different genres uh, in uh, in so far they, they I think they're doing a great job and I love uh, uh, those guys Dave, Dave Filoni uh, and and John Favreau they're both like uh, they love the, that world and I think they're doing a, a great great job. Mm. I, I think from conversations we've had with other guests um, who are equally or probably even more um, in Star Wars than we are um, they've said one of the the problems or issues that they had um, certainly more so with the prequel and then moving on to the the newer ones um, was that they kept going over old ground when there's such a wide universe there that they can choose to explore if they want to and I think that's what they enjoyed most about the Mandalorian is that you discovered new places and new characters and I think uh, for me personally that was one of the things that I enjoyed most I think um, like it said, still the, existed within the world of Star exactly, Wars. There exactly. was enough of a nod to, to you know, seeing Easter a Jawa or, yeah. you know, something like that. And you, it was familiar, but um, just just had its own um, identity, I think. Definitely. Yeah. It's always risky uh, when you turn such... Uh, when you turn a movie to a, a series... Uh, by default, the, the budget is lower and the, the rhythm of production is higher. And so it's so easy to, to see, to create something that is kind of like the B version of, of the Mandalorian. Where you see the, the you watch it and, and it's top notch at every level. Yeah. That's what I was Definitely. Uh, saying. You mentioned um, sort of uh, John Favreau and, and people like that. Have there been any clear influences? Um, with your work or, or who you sort of aspire to, to be at that level? Again, as I mentioned um, before with animation is to try to get to, to emotional uh, yeah. stories that are not meant to like what I, what I like and strive for is to create stories that are universal and there are also uh, they can they can be a classic, which is a very high standard. But in a, on a practical level, is uh, I, I try to refrain, for example, from including jokes and things that are like pop culture references, like what's uh, um, like how many jokes we've seen in, in recent movies about selfies and, and things like that yeah. on TikTok and and uh, and. Uh, and and so as um i like when there is a movie that, that you see that it's meant to be something that is uh is a classic and not trying to chase uh 
the audience uh, and, and making like inside jokes uh, of the moment and uh, and so that's why I, I know that that's part of the DNA at, at Pixar and, uh, and other studios are, are also doing that a lot I, I love a lot of indie stuff as well that they um, because you see how personal projects projects can be and the more personal the more universal it will be and um, and yes, and and as reference, and as I said, like Star Wars and and, uh, and all that, um, the sci-fi era from from the 80s and 90s, and and uh, um, I I love all all those. I also love um, Italian cinema, and uh, and especially when they get to that uh, emotional tones and with very simple stories as well. And uh, I think that there is something that is. Um, uh, something to think about because sometimes films in animation as well they try to throw and pack with uh, fireworks and action and, mm-hmm. and uh, there's there's a lot going on all the time to very flashy and uh, and uh, I think there is a space for calmer more intimate stories that can still um, resonate with even with kids and adults when you're writing a, a for a movie are you imagining or picturing which actors might be in the certain roles if you could if you could literally pluck Brad Pitt mm-hmm. or Angelina Jolie whoever because one of the questions we we, we posted out um, and asked our audience whether um, and, and thank you because that was your suggestion to me <laughs> to do that actually um, and one of the questions that kind of cropped up to me was by Workbeats podcast and they asked could Pietro pick three actors to produce or, or write a screenplay with, and why? Yeah, the, um, I tried to picture a, a real person, not not specifically an actor, uh, mm. but sometimes sometimes it's somebody that I know, and uh, sometimes it is the physicality of the person and, and, the, and the soul of somebody else. And trying, but uh, but it's important to make it make the the character real. In animation, since they, they're voicing the characters, I never think about an actor or casting. I mean, I think in terms of who would be great to have here, but it's not as a, not as an inspiration for the writing. Right. And uh, it's also not up to me, the casting and, uh, and everything that goes on later. And uh, it's more to get inspired. I think I try to find a picture, a mental picture of uh, uh, how the person, uh, the character I'm, I'm writing looks like. And sometimes it takes time before getting there and uh, and learning about who these people are. At some point, mm-hmm. you, you, they kind of become your friends, but it, it, it takes a, a while. And um, in live action, sometimes, yes, but it, it's more like to to put a face on on a character than it is as a, as like a, a, a casting wish. Yeah, it's funny because we've recently had a few guests on um, who have been involved in comic books, and a good friend of ours um, who came on who wrote he had, he'd he'd wrote um, a whole story for his comic book, and then it was all illustrated, and he had a vision in mind. We've we've got that comic book, and then when I look at the pictures of the characters, and I remember asking him if this was to go into a movie, into a live action, I know exactly who you're thinking of mm. for each character because of who they kind of resemble to some extent. 
Um, and I just wondered whether that would be a, a similar thing when you're writing as well. I think it helps because you see the actor is also connected to the character they play. So some, if you saw Robin Williams in a, in a specific movie, he mm. also comes, it's not only his face, but it's also like the character in that specific movie. And maybe you say, okay, kind of want to write something that is like, I think about Robin Williams in Mrs. Doubtfire in terms of like the, and the, the, I think that that, that is, it can help it, it's mm. uh, something and i don't do it like on a regular basis as a, like a, a method thing that i do yeah. just like i try to do a touch a, a face and the personality to to the character mm. i'm writing and sometimes in they come with already with uh, with character designs and and in yeah. in a in a project i i'm i'm working on we had a storyline at the beginning and then we completely changed it and of course the, the physical like the, the the physical appearance of the character changed uh, as well it was very very different and uh, but it made sense because it's uh, it, it somebody is very confident and, and strong uh, as on the inside and uh, in the you you need to to show it and somehow in 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 the how he dresses, how he moves, how he looks at people. Yeah. And um, yeah. One quick question before we um, we wrap up tonight's show. Um, you just mentioned there about a project that you're currently working on. I, I know, because I think when we spoke before, you said you won't be able to tell us exactly what projects you're working on due to um, obviously um, the um, secretive nature of it all. But, um, how many would you be working on at any one time? Is it is it kind of focusing on one or would you have multiple to deal with at the same time? Yeah, ideally it would be one at a time. And uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you, you need to, to be able to work on different stories at the same time. And the good thing is that uh, the, the projects I'm working on, they are all at different stages. And yeah. so, and it's, it's also refreshing to switch from, from one to the other. And it's kind of a juggling uh, task, like to keep to to meet deadlines and and all that. And uh, um, but yes, it's. I would say that uh, maybe later with more experience, I will be able to to take more. But but uh, it was really challenging for me to write three three scripts at the same time. I think that that is kind of my limit right now where i would say okay i cannot take anything else um, I, I once asked on twitter uh, to many directors um, and some of them replied uh, and uh, and writers and, and they said uh, yeah that's yeah, yeah we all wish to be able to work on a single project at a time but it's it's normal to to, to do that and sometimes they come back after notes and and, and that and yes I'm, I'm writing uh animated feature films in, in with different uh styles for different studios and and i hope to be able to to share more about those uh, later yeah but uh, well, all, all very exciting and uh with some great news uh, hopefully coming very soon awesome well when when you do please let us know and we'll be happy to um let our audience know as well pietro you wanted to come back to that exercise that you mentioned yes, before right. before we um finish the show yeah thank you for reminding me uh, that it, the so hopefully you have a list in your mind or, or on paper of the five 
films that you would watch over and over, even if it's like a B movie or something that you don't consider artistically great. I would like to ask you to think about the main character and what he or she does, goes through in the story on a personal and emotional level, and also to try to find something in common in these movies. And if you're a writer or, or, or an artist, there is something about you that is very personal, that you, it might even be surprising to you, that is, there's, it's a, there's something that you can see in all those movies or most of them and something that moves you and and, uh, and as a writer i think that it's a great exercise to do because uh, it can tell you tell something about yourself that maybe you don't even realize and uh, those are the story that, that moves you and and uh, if you go personal with 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 your stories um maybe those movies can be like uh, an example for you to to follow and uh, and it also gives you like uh emotional experience of what you feel when you watch those is what you what, what you would like the audience to feel when when they watch what you write and so um that is um, um there's a, i remember when we did this exercise uh, uh, a girl started to cry uh, because she <laughs> she realized something and and uh, it became very personal to her and and uh, and so I think it's a, it's a way that shows how movies are more than just like something to enter, entertain us for a little while. They can be like some uh, deep experiences that and that's why we tell stories like to, to cope with life and to, to go through difficult moments and also to remind us of the, of the joy, the, 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 the meaning that this uh, time here has. And so hopefully that, that, that is uh, something that and, and maybe in the comments or in you, people can share what, what if they found something uh, from that. Uh, I would also um, I would also invite people to interact. I, I'm very open to answer all your questions on, on social media and uh, and on the YouTube channel. And feel free to I once in a while I even like if one on one like quick conversation. I'm open to that when when I'm available. So. Uh, feel free to to contact me on on social media and, and uh, interact and and I, I always answer sometimes it takes a while but i do answer all all, all the messages where can where, where can, where can they find you yeah it's the, the important yeah, thing it's everywhere uh, on youtube you can find right for animation by pietro skit i think if you if you type right for animation uh well hopefully we'll be the first one soon <laughs> but uh you should find it and then and everywhere else is pietro schito p-i-e-t-r-o-s-c-h-i-t-o not easy to spell but uh, <laughs> hopefully you'll find it well we, we and, will put all the um links as well for um all your channels your socials and uh, your youtube channel as well thank you thank you and uh, i love interacting with uh, with uh, people and and uh, especially sometimes we just need some encouragement to follow our dreams and uh, so I'm, I'm here for that as well well thank you for sharing all your knowledge uh, with us and our audience today thank you so much pietro thank you for having me well i hope you enjoyed that as much as we did don't forget if you did enjoy it please um, like subscribe on whatever platform you're watching and listening on because in that way you won't miss out on any future episodes we put out 
Yeah, and don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms as well. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, and uh, yeah, give us a follow, and uh, you'll be able to keep up to date with all the, the latest uh, episodes and posts that we um, put out there. But thank you for uh, listening and watching, and we'll see you next episode.